People of the Planiverse, welcome to episode 49. I am one half of the gruesome twosome, Karina Tovmasyan, and with me is the best half of the gruesome twosome, Steve Morton. Hi, Steve. I was going to say gruesome handsome, but... <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> We're not even 30 <laughs> seconds into this, and already we've started. <laughs> I can tell what kind of episode this is going to be. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Gruesomely handsome man. It's all man. downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> or uphill, I don't know. Well, welcome to our show. We have something very special prepared to you. And today's topic is a amalgamation of ideas that Kim Kiabu sent me. And I wanted to sort of I, I p- compile them and put them together. And Steve and I said, we both shook our heads. We said, yeah, that's a good idea. So how to create the ultimate planner so that you can adjust for work, for personal life, and for academic life. Yes, Kim, we're there. We're at that list. <laughs> so it seems to me that it we could have... It be a very big planner. Yeah, <laughs> have 40, 40 millimeter rings. I don't know. <laughs> 50 millimeter rings. Go for it. Um, it seems to me that there's this absolute conundrum because our lives are just like that right what's work what's personal and what's academic I suppose academic is defined by the fact that if you're going to school then you would know what's going on but how do we define that within our planners so that do we have three four or five planners running around do we take one with us and then adjust accordingly is it uh, how does this all happen and so I'm glad that the gruesomely handsome Steve is here with me today (laughs) to help me figure out what we're going to talk about. So how do you do it, Steve? I, I know you have academic in your life, you have personal in your life, and you have some work in your life that sort of runs this gray line of personal and fun, right? It's, well, yeah. I, I don't use the word work, because that's... Uh, <laughs> that's the W word. It's the W word, yeah. <laughs> but um, certainly, you know, it, it has to sort of fit in between, you know, online life if you like and you know my actual real life um, and that's another way of looking at it I suppose um, and academic well it's just an evening well it's not even an evening class it's a morning class sort of thing once a week but it's class to fit in there somewhere and you know what I take um, to the class is you know different to what I would carry around with me normally so there is that sort of adjustment well, um, it seems to me, though, <laughs> that it, you just said something that struck me as interesting. You're using an analog planner to keep track of your virtual life, yeah. which, is, which <laughs> is a digital life. <laughs> totally. Right? It, so it wouldn't happen otherwise. Therein lies the crux of what we're discussing, and the whole point of this podcast is to identify the areas in which analog fits into our lives or allows us to make it a little easier. Do you have an issue on the days that you go to your French classes in terms of what gets taken with you? Or is that that A5 heritage? It wasn't heritage, right? Or what was it that you were taking with you? No, it's my A5 van der Speck. Van der Speck. That's what I use all the time now. So Um, how do you distinguish that? Well, it's made life easier by going down to just having one planner for all of my life. And then what do I need in addition to the planner? Well, I need a notebook, obviously, for my notes. And what so that's the additional things that I use for, for that. But um, some people want to use their planners as notebooks. Yeah. 
yeah but <laughs> but not you <laughs> but not me no <laughs> i suppose I, I tend to stick with the planner being just a planner um and then anything additional to that runs in separate things i suppose you could say but they're not planners they're maybe a traveler's notebook for um you know the podcast notes a sort of actual bound journal for my sort of daily journaling. so there are thoughts sort of. really there are thoughts that supplement yeah, what's happening in the planner yeah right they're, they're sort of satellites to the planner the planner is the hub if you addendums like. and, and yeah okay so in terms of work, I know when I still I still work. I know that's something that's been relegated from your life, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> the common people go to work. I understand how that is in your world. Um, but the paid people go to work. Paid paid. <laughs> when I do have a client that is not a virtual client, that means that the the information's not passing through email, and I actually have to go meet with a client. I like to have my life with me. Because I never know if, let's say the client asks me, well, can you do something on Tuesday? And I've met with him on Monday. How will I know in my personal life if I can give up a space or a slot from my personal life to adjust for something in my work life if I don't have my personal life with me? So I agree with you tremendously in the fact that one planner should have all the calendric items. But as far as being able to adjust for work, do I need to carry all of that with me while I'm at work to adjust for that? I say yes. I think the answer is yes, because you cannot make those categoric decisions of whether you're going to have free time or not if your work and personal life are the things that you are accounting for. And I think that's what our listeners need to mm. take notice of is what are the points of your life that you're taking account of? And so if it's personal and it runs into work which is inevitable right if you're you're not working 24 mm. 7 unless it's kim then i know kim works 24 7 and has like <laughs> one second of personal time in which case kim you would be adjusting for your work life so that you can incorporate your personal if if you choose to do that so how does that work though for academic because i know academics run on a different calendar right i suppose it's a fiscal mm. calendar that academics well, run on tends to be sort of July through to August, doesn't it? Uh, the following year sort of thing, or August to August. I thought September It, it depends through... on, well, the, well most yeah, of them start yeah. in September. Okay. It does vary, though. Some some schools, for instance, go back in sort of August in some countries. Yeah, you know, different, depends what hemisphere you're in, even. Well, and then there's calendars that usually start in January, and then you have to mm. search for academic calendars that start in yep. September. Mm. And therein lies the the planning issue, right? So if do you mm. have two calendars that you're trying to adjust and say, well, I've started my planning in September, does that carry over into the following year, September as well? Mm. So Well, some of them start, um, the ones sold in France, for instance, tend to start in September and they tend to be then 15 month calendars they start in September and run through the whole year and rather than finishing in September they carry on to the end of the year sort of thing so you get a 15 months rather than 12. One of the big issues that is facing people that deal with academic calendars is how to plan around everyone else who's planning on a calendric year Mm. and so what what advice would you give, Steve? Do you have any advice on that? Well, you, uh, 
the the main stay, I would think, is to obviously start off with the, the you know the broad brush sort of approach of saying, right, when are my term times, for instance, and when are my sort of you know holiday periods, just on a sort of a year planner basis, really. So you've got, you know, my term starts here and it finishes here, and then you've got a break, and then and so on normally it's what, three terms a year i think normally sort of the depends sometimes it's it's quarters spring and summer yeah sometimes it's terms sometimes it's quarters it yeah. depends on the so it, that will also um tend to vary depending which country you're in and or continents even so when those time periods are will vary you know, significantly and then you've just got to build in that sort of you know to stop this sudden realization that oh look <laughs> yeah steve tell tell the audience about that because steve and i were chatting about that and we both had this tremendous agreement on what he just said he what do you call it the sudden sudden lightning sudden sudden realization sudden realization yes yes <laughs> this was something that suddenly occurred to me earlier today in that um you sort of turn in the pages in the planner and all of a sudden i suddenly realized hence sudden realization <laughs> that, that something's coming up later on this month i'd not forgotten it really it's just suddenly leapt oh out i the, had i had <laughs> leapt out the page at me thinking oh gosh yes and i'm i try to work as far ahead in terms of sort of blog posts and stuff as, as i can you know almost sort of um unconsciously really um you know by sort of planning where they're going to end up mm. and um this is quite fortuitous in a way <laughs> that um i'm quite ahead of myself at the moment because it'll fit in quite well because i've got visitors for all coming for a weekend so i won't have time then to uh, be able to do anything so well nothing on the on the blog as it were so it'll be a case of well, that's convenient it'll all be done <laughs> ready hopefully <laughs> well, well that's one of the nice things about being able to plan and we were discussing how to set up your academic life around others who plan in a calendric life i think one of the best responses i've ever gotten has been from stephen covey himself mm -hmm. while he was with some audience members he brought on um, a tall glass and he had larger and smaller rocks next to them and he asked the person, he said, let's say these are the things that you need to plan. Mm. How are you going to get them all to fit? And the person tried putting in the small pieces first, small pebbles and small rocks, and then tried piling in the big rocks. Well, it wouldn't fit. And so what Stephen said is, first, you've got to take care of the big pieces in your life, the big things that count the most. And they put in the big boulder-like items into the glass jar and then... All the other small pieces fit around and slid around the bigger boulder pieces and they were able to get everything to fit and so as such I would say that when it comes to planning around other people's schedules or if you're just planning around your own that includes academic and work and personal then what you do is you plan the biggest pieces first mm. and everything else will fit around it yeah because if you don't plan the big pieces it never gets done it'll all fit in there somewhere won't it sort of thing and um you know, we sort of make our sort of lives sort of potentially sort of quite complicated in some ways. And in, real, in reality, it's just a case of breaking it down 
into the small elements and it will all we can fit it all in to a week sort of thing now to a certain extent that's time blocking isn't it um in your calendar to sort of make or time calendar. blocking with with priority though mm with priority because it's easy to time block and say well for the next three days i'm just going to watch tv right Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's not a priority and that's not looking towards the goals and saying what you want to accomplish and i think that's that's one of the major issues that i know i deal with probably someone out there is dealing with it too is how do you how do you adjust for your goals while you're planning out your life Mm. because your life is not necessarily your goals right the things that you're doing for others are not related to the goals that you've set forth for yourself. The um, so. the sort of the, the glass with the rocks thing reminded me of uh, a, a George Clooney film, Up in the Air, where he plays this character of uh, he sort of does sort of motivational things, and he says, "Imagine a backpack, and you put all your life into the backpack." And it's mm. getting pretty heavy now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, well, and and so his point was that you don't carry that backpack around with you, or what? No, well, you sort of try and lo- lighten the load a bit to be able to ah. accomplish things. Well, that's not necessarily possible for everybody, right? If you've yeah. got a lot of work and a lot of personal stuff and mm. a lot of academic stuff, how do you lighten that load? I think mm. there is no way of lightening. The only thing that you can do is, in my in my world, is I would contextualize it. Mm. And spread it out so that you're actually taking care of it and not losing yourself in the process. Because it's very possible to do all those things and then be lost at the mm. end of it. So hence, in, in my sort of um, scenario, is I've split up the different elements. So I have a planner, mm. a notebook, a reference sort of binder, if you like. It's an organizer, but it's a, a binder, a journal, and another sort of notebook which I use just purely for French that's sort of a separate thing yes you could put them all together but do you want this hulking great thing to lug around with you for everything when a lot of the time you're not using sort of 80% of what's in contained within that uh, organizer or planner so are you, are you not afraid though that maybe not afraid but concerned that let's say when you are at French class that something comes up that you're going to need let's say your traveler's notebook and you don't have it with you no because I have with me my notebook for French and my planner the planner goes with me irrespective it's just in two separate things so that's the one thing that comes with you everywhere yeah is the planner yeah because where I don't necessarily carry it to say go to the shops or something like that I will take it with me to French class because if they change the dates or times of the next couple of lessons or whatever I want to note it down there and then I don't want to stick it on a bit of paper and then try and remember to do it or I want to actually stick it straight into the planner because that's that's where it matters really do you take post-it notes with you so that you can make notes separately no. from what... I just write it either in the planner or in my notebook. You <laughs> <laughs> see, this is, this is the issue I run into. Because, like I said, if I'm with a client and the client says, well, are you free tomorrow to meet? If I don't have my personal life already written down for that week, mm. I don't have a context or I don't have a response that's going to be 
aligned with what I'm trying to get accomplished for my life and a response that's correct for the client. Mm. So I have to have my personal stuff with me. Now, it just so happens that I plan my personal and my work in the same planner. I don't have two separate things for that. And I know that's a question for some people that are entrepreneurs like me is how do you, how do you manage that? Well, it's, I'm the one doing the work. So I don't look at it as two separate things. I look at it as where I'm going to be at that moment. So it's not really a matter of, yes, I do keep tabs. For example, I have tabs for my clients so that I can keep track of where they are. But as far as who's doing the work, it's me. So I can't personally be doing a personal item while simultaneously helping a client out. It goes against the laws of physics, right? <laughs> same you could can't occupy the same space. You could actually um, have two diary inserts in an organizer or two planners that sit side by side, as it were. One Maybe. academic and one calendar, yeah. for example. So you could have personal life, work life. But there's always going to be some certain degree of overlap between the two, isn't there? Um, where you might have to copy events, just overall sort of global type notes from right. one into the other, if you're going to do them separately. Or, alternatively, um, you could just literally use a, a sort of color coding type arrangement to sort of block out time in one or the other for for whatever reason just so you don't double book yourself the color coding seems to make sense for me only because i use it and i i quickly reference that in my mind when you say Mm. it i think i would have a hard time using two planners no two calendric planners Mm. because i have multiple planners but i don't use them all for calendars i use them all for note taking it's different uh, as far as i'm concerned Uh, one of the issues that comes up with this is then how do you deal with classes so whether you're teaching classes or whether you're attending classes that has to happen Mm. because those are scheduled events that are outside the scope of your control right Mm. if you if you've already committed to teaching them or attending them then you must uh, go on with the schedule that's been provided so how do you then take care of the personal issues and the work issues outside that scope and I think it comes down to what Stephen Covey said right you plan the big things first Mm. you plug in the things you absolutely have to do and then everything else gets shuffled in throughout Mm. because they're smaller events I I like the idea of of, um, the color code idea because it will alert you that there is something and if you do then have to look in the other planner whichever it is You've got right. a, sort of a sort of a reminder to do it sort of thing, um, so you don't um, double book your time and what have you. But some people use stickers, some people use yeah, highlighters. It's the the sort of regular routine things that, are, if you like, they're the same each week. So be it different classes that you were attending, that would be um, sort of easier to do maybe on a simple sort of single sheet timetable type thing right split up into the relevant times each week you know, monday to friday or whatever and then the different times sort of as rows and what have you and then you just jot in you know what the the class is and where you've got to be as i recall it doing it right 
Right, and so what what we would actually be looking at then, and let's let, let's say you had a cleaning schedule that you were dealing mm. with at home prior to this uh, academic schedule being sent out or timetable, then you would just adjust your cleaning routine. Yeah, to, to so, back up. So again, it comes down to being able to set up the priorities yeah. and do what matters most first. It it's being flexible is the is the key to it all really knowing what you right don't need to, you know what's of less priority at any one time and what's of a higher priority and then you know swapping in in to do you know and if something doesn't happen on a particular day for for whatever reason you know something right. gets cancelled or the time adjusts whatever you can then quickly slot in something else into that time you know you look at your list you look at your list of tasks that you haven't got done yet in that week whatever and you say all oh, right that i just need to do about an hour's worth of work on it i've got an hour do that i you said something that's very important in relation to the subject matter we're talking about is being flexible mm. if you're going to take on major categories like academic personal and work then you have to adjust for that with a huge amount of flexibility mm. I think I've seen Carrie do what you just said, is that she steals an hour away and finds that she's got an hour and gets has a tab or an, a list of things that she can get done in one hour or less. Yeah. And she just pulls out that folder and starts tackling that. I really like that idea because it makes good use of time and you don't have to think about, well, is this going to take me 10 minutes, 15 mm. minutes, an hour? Oh, okay, so an hour and under is one folder mm. and an hour or more is another folder. Yeah. And now you've just set yourself up for success, mm. being able to pull those areas out where you can find them because flexibility mm. is part of the game here. Mm. Certainly be quite easy to do if you have a, you know, a lot of tasks. You could actually separate those tasks into rough sort of time sort of thing you know you could have half hour hour or you know more than that and then it, it becomes easier to just sort of pick them off and in within each of those they're then arranged in a, or they have some sort of priority on them so you can easily sort of pick out stuff to do that's interesting you say that when i used to work on big contracts uh we would spend 18 to 20 hours in a boardroom working on these mm. government contracts and Ideally, that's what I would do is I would split up my time in half hour increments so that I can account for it mm. and at the end of it have some minimal result that can get compiled to the total so that by the time, because 18, if I told you to sit down for 18 hours and produce something, you'd roll your eyes and yeah. say, oh no, never, right? No. But if you split it up into half hour increments and say, well, in half hour, let's get this done and then in the next half hour, let's get part B done, all of a sudden you start compiling the data. And I think that can be said for the same thing throughout the year. Mm. If you're looking at it and say, well, how much can I accomplish by January or how much can I accomplish by the end of February? But you've got to have a list to go off of. You've got to have some kind of point of reference to use so that you can accomplish the goals that you've set forth. If you don't have, or if you're setting goals as they're coming, then that's fine, but just do it on a monthly basis, mm. I would say, or you weekly. Sort of, you need to sort of try and anticipate, um, you know, what's coming forward sort of thing and quite often you know i might start something and i think oh well that's going to take not going to take long and of course it's completely the opposite it, <laughs> three days later three days later you still haven't <laughs> managed to complete I, i've had one of those this week where i thought oh well, that, that won't take long you know yeah. ha, ha. you sort of get into it and then you suddenly spot a sort of a, a big flaw in you know 
your sort of reasoning and you then have to sort of sort of step back from it and you just what I ended up doing was just go running through the text got to this point here thought mm, that's just that just needs more work on it I just put um, just highlighted the text and then saved it and just thought go come back to that later <laughs> so but that's a nice thing because that that happens to me too. Many times I find myself in the middle of a workday saying, I can get this quick project done right now. It should take me 10 minutes. And nine minutes into it, I realize this is not getting done in 10 minutes. Mm. I make a note in my planner for the time that I would like to revisit this issue to take it up again. So it mm. actually gets scheduled right there on the spot. I don't sit there and go, oh, I'll get back to it later. The word later doesn't ever appear mm. on any calendar no. or someday. You never have someday, right? Someday, I'll get yeah. to it someday. It's not after Sunday, you, no. <laughs> right. It's a day between Saturday and Sunday is someday. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the idea is that you schedule it right there because then you have a physical notation mm. of when this thing is supposed to happen. Otherwise, it will just get lost into the mm. ethers of things that need to get done because there's such a demand for our attention to items during the day I always try and set myself a sort of a, not necessarily a deadline as such it sounds a bit too formal but certainly an anticipated date on when I want to publish something sort of thing so I've got yeah. them planned out I've got notes already sort of made as to you know what I'm gonna do what do I need to do now if it, if it goes into the next week and I've done a good proportion of something I'll then, right. m my note will say photographs or whatever, diagram or something like that for that. And that, I then know what I've got to sort of finish off sort of thing. Well, it's, it's like your project management. Mm. You're managing the project with, the, with a level of completion and allowing for the brain to access the remainder of the information when it picks up. And I think that's one of the things that I used to fail at doing a lot is being able to leave off or write a note as to where I've left off so that mm. I can pick up the story. And that's a lot of the procrastination that sets in is not knowing where I have to start again, thinking I have to start from point one. And it really isn't. If you've already gotten to point seven, just write point seven down yeah. and put it on an actual date and put it in an actual time as the whole time-space continuum thing because you can't have time without space and that sort of thing. But um, <laughs> it was Einstein's theory, not mine. I'm just repeating it. <laughs> but ultimately, what we want to do is we want to be successful in being able to manage all the moving parts of our lives. And if you've got three sections, you're dealing with three massive ones, which is work, plant, a personal and academic, then the level of flexibility needed has to account for also the level of planning wouldn't mm. you say steve i mean that there's just a level of the each one is is going to have sort of different amount of detail in it isn't it and, and sort of it needs to have otherwise you won't be able to sort of do all three or all two um successfully um, and i think the level of detail is really relevant to contextually the kind of insert mm. that you're using uh, so, for example, if you have an annual spread, mm -hmm. the boxes for those annual spreads are very small. Yeah, and, and you can my philosophy, right? You can only yeah, so you pretty much you can roughly, color or make a little note or something. So the smaller the box, the broader the detail is my philosophy. That's my rule that I use mm. on being able to determine how much information goes into what slot. Mm -hmm. You'll notice that as you get into a monthly view on two pages 
the slots are slightly bigger. Mm-hmm. And so you can write a little yeah. bit more information there. And the weekly has a lot more information, more more space where you mm. can provide more detailed information. And then the dailies have a lot more information. Like, for example, I use the day on two pages has mm. a tremendous amount of information. So that means I can write a lot, a lot of detail mm-hmm. and give a lot of detailed direction yeah. as to where these projects are going. So running a point from point A to point Z, I think would be possible if you had this sort of layout. I That's what I use. I use yearly all the way down to daily so that I can be tracking at any mm-hmm. given time. But it's an undertaking and I give kudos to anybody who's who's challenging themselves to get through this. <laughs> I've um, <laughs> only used dailies once, I think, in the past and I couldn't really cope with it. It was just, there was almost sort of too much space there for me at the time. Use us up. Use us up, Steve. Yeah, Why are we white? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Fill us up with ink. <laughs> but uh, I'm more settled at using sort of yearlies for sort of a big overall view. Right. Um, monthlies I tend to only really use, and I'm sort of starting to wonder whether that's advisable, just for sort of blog planning, really, because they're fairly sort of simple. It's just a case of what's going to yeah. happen where. But the main activity really is in the sort of weekly spread, um, without any doubt. So I think we come to a, an end, a sudden end maybe, but it's it's one of these um, topics that I think we could go S- on. Sudden to. realization. Yes, the sudden realization that our time is up. <laughs> like I did when I flipped the page and I said, oh my God, I've got 75 things to do next week. <laughs> so where can we find you on the, the web? Great. You can find me on Instagram at Karina Tovmasyan and on Facebook at the Planarology Groups and Planarology.com. And you'll find me in the usual place of Filofaxi.com and TravelersNotebookTimes.com and on Instagram as Mr. Filofaxi. And of course, if you've enjoyed this podcast, mixed though it has been, please like it, share it and subscribe to it. <laughs> <laughs>